Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Sports Today. The Bills show they were every bit the Super Bowl favorites against the Rams to open the 2022 NFL season. Plus, more keys to victory ahead of the first Sunday of the year. And can Texas actually beat Alabama? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. Maybe the LA Rams Super Bowl party lasted nine months because on Thursday night against the Buffalo Bills, they look like a team hung over a 31 to 10 beatdown at the hands of the Buffalo Bills, who are the betting favorite to win the Super Bowl for a reason. Joining me now, Isaiah Stanback, our NFL insider, and speaking of Super Bowls, a Super Bowl champion. Isaiah, as you look at these two teams, the Bills and the Rams, each supposedly Super Bowl contenders, which team did you come away from this game feeling like you took more away from? Was this more about the Rams or the Bills for you? To be honest with you, I mean, both of these teams had a lot of pressure coming into this game. I mean, you have the Rams who are the defending world champions. These guys did what they were supposed to do last year, and all of a sudden, here they are trying to figure out what their identity is after some of their key contributors from last season are gone. Von Miller switched over to the Buffalo Bills. He made his presence known very well tonight. Um, then you're missing guys um, offensively like Odell Beckham. You know, So a lot of the weight really fell on the shoulders of a Cooper Cup who they targeted a gazillion times tonight, and it just wasn't enough. You know, as you mentioned, they looked like a like fish out of water. It didn't look like a team that won the, the world championship last year, but it did look like a team that didn't have any practice reps, any preseason reps with their starters. That's a, that's a, that's a strategy that Sean McVay has had during his tenure there, and now I don't know if that's a really going to be something that he can continue to do going forward, as we saw here tonight. So week one – outcomes can often be dismissed in retrospect. We we see things that happen that we go, wait, I'm sorry, what happened? And then, you know, eight, 10, 12 weeks later, we sort of forget about what happened in week one. On the other hand, this was a game in which the Rams struggled to protect Matthew Stafford. We knew going in their offensive line was going to be a problem. Uh, Matthew Stafford did not push the ball down the field. We knew going in, he had an elbow issue that was being described as a baseball injury, which is like, the last thing you want to hear your quarterback <laughs> has. And we knew going in, the Bills were one of the best teams in the NFL. So I want to ask you it this way. In two months, are we going to look back at this game as something totally weird or as a harbinger for things to come for this NFL season? I think it's a, it's a more of a... Uh pillar of things to come. I think when everybody thinks about the Buffalo Bills, obviously everybody thinks about Mr. Allen, the starting quarterback. They think about Diggs and they think about really, you know, just kind of taking for granted how amazing this offense has been. But what people fail to realize is that they had the number one defense in the league last year. And right. Leslie Frazier knows exactly what the heck he's doing as a defensive coordinator. So that's something that people should be fearful of. That's something that people need to be aware of. And that's something that people need to be able to identify and give respect to, put some respect on it. Because these guys not only were number one last year, but somehow, some way, he figured out a way to become better. Some way, he took Von Miller away from the Rams. Oh, and then it happens to be that they're going to play against him in the first game. And, and he goes completely ape 
I mean, he freaking was a it was a nightmare. Uh, the mm -hmm. left tackle for the for the Rams had a complete meltdown. You know, obviously that used to be Whitworth. That was an area that of their offensive line that they didn't have to worry about. Now all of a sudden you put Von Miller out there against this 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 young uh, left tackle and he causes disruption. Um, these guys made some changes interiorly on the defensive front. They brought some some guys in in the form of where are we at here. They brought in. Uh, Jordan Phillips in Big 97, he was over, all over the place tonight. He, he was in the backfield constantly. So when they weren't worried about Von Miller, you were worried about interior pressure that this new defensive front was presenting. And we know how dangerous they are in the back end. Shoot, they got three interceptions. And then on the front end, they got seven sacks. This was a complete meltdown. This is a problem. Sean McVay is going to have to find more ways to become more productive, aside from just handing the ball to Henderson and throwing it to Cooper Cup. From the Bills' perspective, and I know we, we focus a lot on the Rams, and they are def the defending champions, and that is why we are doing that. But this is a Bills team that is the betting favorite. And the betting favorite, by the way, by a lot when you look at bet online. And so I think there were high expectations coming in. And still, it seems like they exceeded expectations to get seven sacks in a game like this. Von Miller looks like 2015 Von Miller, the double ghost move on the sack with like to go around the chip and the tackle to get yeah. the sack on one of those plays. What did you think of the Bills in this game? Because they looked every bit the Super Bowl favorite that they are pegged to be right now. They look like they were having fun. And I think mm. one of the areas that they address, as I mentioned, aside from adding Von Miller and some of these interior defense alignment, these guys have a rotation now. And I think uh, Chris Collinsworth and those guys on the broadcast did a great job of really displaying how these guys now went are going from playing 50 plus snaps a game to all of a sudden everybody's rotating in playing 15 to 20 snaps, you know, and, and, and everybody's fresh and they're, and they're rejuvenated and somebody makes a play. And guess what? I want to make a play, too. I don't want to be left out. I want to join the party. So, you know, you see Von Miller dancing around. You see him avoiding and using some of his savvy vet moves, looking like he's taking 10 years off of his body. These guys are having fun. They know that they are complete dogs on defense. They showed that last year. They know that they're complete dogs on offense. They also showed that last year. And these guys have unfinished business, not only in the AFC, but they are putting the rest of the NFL on notice that they have a real shot at being the number one offense and defense this year. And we know if that combo comes together, look out. Stay up to date all season on the biggest stories in the NFL by subscribing to Locked On Sports Today and the Locked On NFL Podcast on the Odyssey app, YouTube or wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, how does the rest of the league shake out on Sunday? Here's what to look for on Bet Online, your number one spot for all your gambling needs. Let's look at some opening week NFL point spreads. Baker Mayfield and the Carolina Panthers play host to his old team, the Cleveland Browns. Bet Online has this game as a pick'em. The Indianapolis Colts are on the road against the Houston Texans. Bet online as the Colts favored by seven in this one. And the Washington Commanders host the Jacksonville Jaguars. Bet online likes the home Commanders by two and a half points. We picked those games because why would you watch them unless you were betting on them? Bet online where the game starts. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The BMW PGA Championship suspended play on Thursday afternoon until further notice, immediately following the death of Queen Elizabeth II. Out of respect for Her Majesty and the Royal Family, play has been suspended at the BMW PGA Championship at Wentworth Club for the remainder of Thursday, and flags at Wentworth Club will be lowered to half-mast, a statement from the DP World Tour reads. Furthermore, no play will take place at the BMW PGA Championship on Friday, and the golf course and practice facilities 
will be closed. It is not yet known what the period of mourning will mean for the BMW or if organizers will consider the extraordinary step of canceling the tournament outright. Quarterback Russell Wilson confirmed Thursday the Seahawks had actually tried to trade him before in 2018 and said he doesn't believe his skills have diminished as he heads into his 11th season. Russell said, quote, Definitely they tried to, a couple of times, tried to see what was out there. It's part of the business, being a professional, and everything else. I believe in my talents of who I am. I feel I'm one of the best in the world. Reports were Seattle attempted to trade Wilson to the Cleveland Browns in 2018. A good workman always blames his tools. Wait, that's not the saying? Anyway, Dak Prescott was a limited participant in Thursday's practice because of a new pair of cleats that made his surgically repaired right ankle feel uncomfortable. I promise you I'm great, Prescott said. He was on the field Thursday for a portion of practice that was open to the media before heading to the locker room. He said he did not twist the ankle in practice. He was breaking in a new pair of Jordan 11s after wearing Jordan 1s all summer during training camp. We've all been there wearing shoes that look awesome, that are super uncomfortable. We get it, Dak. You're just like us. The College Football Playoff Management Committee on Thursday began working toward implementing a 12-team playoff as early as the 2024 season. But as a sense of progress and congeniality was also tempered by a hastened timeline it hopes to meet this fall. The 10 FBS commissioners and the Notre Dame athletic director gathered in a small meeting room at the Dallas-Fort Worth airport for about four and a half hours. Their first discussion since the 11 presidents and chancellors who control the playoff voted unanimously last week in favor of expanding the field to 12 teams in 2026. Talk about a long layover. The college football's board of managers strongly urged the commissioners, who could not agree on a format since the original proposal was announced in June 2021, to get it done sooner if possible. The Major League Baseball Competition Committee is set to vote Friday on rule changes that would begin in 2023. The goal is to increase action on the field, quicken the pace, and reduce the amount of time it takes to play a Major League game. Thank the Lord. The rule changes are expected to pass and include the following. A 15-second pitch clock with the bases empty and a 20-second pitch clock with runners on. Two disengagements from the rubber, including pickoff attempts per plate appearance. A requirement by hitters to be in the batter's box and alert with eight seconds to go on the clock. Hitters are allowed one timeout per plate appearance. Only two infielders will be allowed on each side of second base with all four required to be on the dirt or the inner grass. Infielders cannot position themselves on the outfield grass before the pitch is thrown and bases will increase in size from 15 inches squared to 18. We'll see if some of that makes things a little bit faster moving forward. Here is another story you need to know. There are some other games to pay attention to this weekend, and we start with the team featured on Hard Knocks in the preseason, all kneecap biting all of them. In order for the Detroit Lions to beat the Philadelphia Eagles, they must do one thing. The Detroit Lions must stop the run in order to knock off the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday. I'm Matt Derry, the host of the Locked On Lions podcast, right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It is pretty simple, ladies and gentlemen. A year ago, the Philadelphia Eagles came into Ford Field. It was Halloween and ran the football up the gut of the Lions defense 
all day long and grew to a 44-6 win. It was ugly. The Lions' interior defensive line that day just got bruised and battered by Boston Scott and company. Now, Scott, Miles Sanders, Jalen Hurts, and the Eagles with a better football team come back to town for week one, and that interior of the defensive line for the Lions kind of remains the same. Aleem McNeil, Michael Brockers, Lions have done a great job adding to the edge with Aiden Hutchinson, their first-round pick, and Austin Bryant's coming on. But I still have concerns about stopping the run, the RPO action with the Eagles and Jalen Hurts, and we'll see if the Lions can handle their business Sunday, stop that run, and have a better result than they did a year ago. For more on your Detroit Lions and this weekend's big matchup, be sure to check out the Locked On Lions podcast every Monday through Friday right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And interestingly enough, the Atlanta Falcons key to beating the New Orleans Saints sounds very similar to Detroit's key to victory. The Atlanta Falcons must stop the run in order to win and beat the New Orleans Saints in week one. I'm Aaron Freeman, host of Locked On Falcons podcast. Simply put, when the Falcons beat the Saints in week nine of last year, they gave up 109 rushing yards, but then gave up 195 rushing yards when they lost to the Saints in week 18. And that's with neither matchup featuring Jameis Winston or Michael Thomas, nor newly added receivers like Chris Olave and Jarvis Landry. And slowing down that Saints passing attack will be challenge enough for the Falcons, and they can't can't afford to allow both dimensions of the Saints offense to attack them on Sunday. For more coverage of the Atlanta Falcons in this weekend's matchup against their hated division rival, be sure to check out Locked On Falcons podcast Monday through Friday, free and available wherever you get your podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And keeping with the defensive theme for week one, the Los Angeles Chargers key to beating the Las Vegas Raiders has more to do with the quarterback than the running backs. After losing to the Raiders in excruciating fashion week 18 of last season, the Chargers have revenge on their mind. In order to exact that revenge, in week one of the 2022 season, they're going to have to get constant pressure on Derek Carr. This is David Drogemeyer of the Locked On Chargers podcast, and Derek Carr is simply a different quarterback when you get pressure in his face. Last season, when pressured, Derek Carr threw five touchdowns to nine interceptions and only completed about 53.8% of his passes. If you want to limit the effectiveness of dangerous weapons like Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller and, of course, the new Devontae Adams, then you got to get pressure on the quarterback's face. For more on your Los Angeles Chargers and this weekend's big matchup, be sure to check out the Locked On Chargers podcast Monday through Friday, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Coming up, can Texas upset Alabama this Saturday? Now on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today. With the NFL season kicking off, Sleeper is climbing the charts with over 4 million users, and they just added a slew of new features, including an over-unders integrated fantasy game, the first sports contest game built into the fantasy experience. And you probably already use Sleeper to play your fantasy football, and if you don't, like, why don't you? It is the best, most simple, and most convenient for talking trash app to play fantasy football with. And the over-under game is just a beautiful cherry on 
top. If you've never played their over-under game, you choose two or more players that you'd like, and you pick the over or the under. Rushing yards, passing yards, something like that. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money you put in. Plus, the over-under app on Sleeper has the built-in chat feature so you can make sure everyone knows when your picks are beating their picks. On your mobile phone, join our listener group at sleeper.com slash locked on today. And Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. Again, go to sleeper.com slash locked on today and you'll get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. We have a monster early season matchup this weekend between two of college football's Blue Bloods. Well, one was and one is trying to be again. Jonathan Davis from Locked On Longhorns joined Luke Robinson of Locked On Bama to preview this game, and he has an interesting prediction. When you talk about uh, why I'm confident, and yes, you know, all offseason, uh, I was like, you know, Alabama is the better team. I still believe Alabama is the better team. And I think it's going to take a lot uh, for Texas to beat Alabama on Saturday. But I think the biggest key is this Texas team has something to prove, and Sark has something to prove, right? Sark is an elite offensive coordinator and play caller, and I think that he's recognized for that around college football. But the jury on Sark as a head coach is still out, right, especially – when at Washington and USC, he leaves uh, in the fashion that he did. He goes to the coaching rehabilitation program at Alabama where coaches, you know, go to revitalize their career. And then he, you know, comes to Texas and his first year isn't great. He's got something to prove as a head coach. I think this football team has something to prove, uh, which has always been one of the top two talented teams in the Big 12. But like you said, haven't been able uh, to get over that hump um, and, and, you know, make it to the Big 12 championship game uh, perennially or, you know, just live up to the the brand that Texas has. Um, and when you look at it, I think this team has nothing to lose. They're 20-point underdogs and a team with a lot of talent. And I believe, although he's, you know, going into his second career start, a very good quarterback, a play caller that's going to script his first 20 plays, get his players comfortable. And he knows Alabama right from his time under Nick Saban. Of course, you know, Nick Saban knows him. But I do think that that's going to help Sark out a little bit, knowing uh, what Nick Saban likes to do, knowing those players, helping having recruited them, uh, being in their living rooms. And, and like I said, I just think that uh, outside of Will Anderson, uh, you, I, you know, I'll say Bryce Young because he won the Heisman. You know, the next best player on the uh, on the field is is B. John Robinson, right? And you got Xavier Worthy, and you talked about him. And I think there's going to be some opportunities for those receivers on the outside uh, with man coverage. So I think they're going to try to stop B. John Robinson, and they're going to make Quinn Ewers beat him. And you know, his offensive line is going to have to play great. But stranger things have happened. They're at home. We talked about uh, Alabama and how they kind of I don't want to say play down to their competition, but definitely. Uh, didn't blow out teams like we're used to seeing in Tuscaloosa and in neutral site games um, and true road games last year. And then I think this defense, uh, albeit against ULM, you know, we talked about some takeaways from Alabama, Utah State. This defense was flying to the ball uh, last week, and it's their second year in the system for the first time in four years. The addition of Gary Patterson, I think they look cleaner on the defensive side. They're more talented on the defensive side, uh, and they look hungry. And like I said, this is a team that has better culture, a, a better energy, and they have nothing to lose on Saturday. And so I think they go out there and, and definitely have the potential to shock the world. But I'm going to go all the way and say they do it on Saturday. <laughs> Texas is going to be Bama. Oh. <laughs> Oh, 
<laughs> oh man, I think we all needed that. Oh, thanks. And finally, the UFC 279 news conference was canceled Thursday at MGM Grand Garden Arena after several altercations broke out backstage among fighters on the card and their teams. UFC President Dana White said in a media scrum following the cancellations that the skirmishes were started by Kamzat Shimonev and Kevin Holland, who are not fighting each other Saturday night. No fights are in jeopardy, however. It would appear new fight matchups are forming for later or maybe whenever, maybe not even on a UFC card. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up Monday, who had the best first week in the NFL? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today.